Well, let's talk about personality. Behavior analysts or behavioral scientists, we don't talk too much about personality, but we can't deny it. We have a personality. I mean, we have dispositions, inherited perhaps, or maybe it's nurture, but it's there and it, it influences our behavior. Let's talk about one we can all relate to, type A. Are you a type A? Now, you know if you're type A. Type A's, we're, we got to go. We got to move. We're, we're concerned. We get frustrated when people are holding us back. And you know if you're type A, if you go to the grocery store and you look for the shortest line, and you don't only count the people, but you count the number of groceries in their carts, you know? And if the other line that you didn't choose is going a little faster, you get a little bit upset, a little bit frustrated. That's type A. Or how about when you're driving along and, and you're driving in a left-hand lane following the, the cars and a car on the right hand pulls ahead and then gives the turns and pulls in. Does that upset you a bit? I mean, are you always trying to go places? Go, go, go. That's type A. Now, years ago, when I started at Virginia Tech, over 50 years ago, I, I know I'm type A. And I'm running here and running there. And my colleagues would stop me and say, Scott, slow down. Slow down. You're going to have a heart attack. And in those days, that's what they said. Type A heart attack. Of course, my mom told me, stop and smell the roses. And, you know, again, got places to go, people to be, people to see, and so on. Bottom line is, type A alone does not cause heart attacks. It used, they used to think that, but follow-up research has shown that you have to be hostile. If you're type A and you're hostile, so if you have that emotional connection with your type A, go, 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 then maybe you are at risk for heart attack, you know, for heart disease. And so the point is, and the challenge is, if you're type A, can you still talk to yourself, you know, covert behavior, can you talk to yourself to calm yourself down, you know? Or, and I must admit, sometimes I get angry and, and my verbal behavior in my car is not necessarily positive when somebody cuts in front of me. And, but why? Because I'm type A. Type B, you know how to relax. You know how to relax. And by the way, we're talking about personality. And my question to you right now, is it a trait? Were you born that way? Or is it a state? Is it nature or nurture? Now, I believe with type A, I was born that way. I mean, I'm, I've been that way all my life. And so that makes it a trait. So interesting discussion. When you talk about personality, the distinction between trait and state is important because state means I have a certain disposition, but it can change. Environmental conditions can change it. Now, as long as we're on to type A and heart attack, let's talk about another personality characteristic that leads to heart disease, and that is pessimism. Individuals who are pessimistic, always looking on the dark side, are more likely, the research says, to suffer heart disease. Now, my question for you to think about is pessimism a state or a trait? The opposite of pessimism, of course, is optimism. And that connects to our other presentation that we talked about, positive psychology. So optimists are happier 
and they're healthier. And again, pessimists are not. Now, I personally believe that optimism and pessimism is strongly influenced by the context, that we can change people, that we can change our personality with regard to being optimistic, looking on the bright side, or looking on the dull side, pessimistic. Well, and I like talking about all of this too, because I know when we were planning, we were both, you even guessed, you're like, Sean, I'm guessing you're a type A. Yes, I am a type A, (laughs) 100%. And I think that, you know, when we do talk about this, and when we talk, you know, bring in behavioral science with it, is that this isn't something that is, you know, novel to the field of behavioral science. It's not. Um, It's talked about, I mean, Skinner talks about, you know, nature versus nurture and the things you're born with. There's Susan Schneider that talks about it as well. Um, There's another book called um, Evolution in Four Dimensions. And that one talks about how, you know, genetics, your genetic makeup, your epigenetic changes, um, behavioral, and all of these different things, how they're intertwined. And just like you had mentioned that the traits or, you know, the nature that we're born with, those can be changed or turned on and turned off depending on the environment. Yes. As well. Yes. And of course, again, the bottom line is these dispositions influence our behavior. Now, we, you know the term radical behaviorism. It's radical because Skinner said it's more than behavior as opposed to methodological behaviorism. So, of course, behaviorists are willing to consider personality. Now, when you talk personality, I'm, I'm in the field of industrial organizational psychology. And you talk to any IO psychologist and they want to talk about the big five. The big five. Now, the big five personality traits. Now, I'm not convinced they're all traits, but you talk to a personality person, they use the word trait. They believe these, and these five. Now, these five personality traits, I'm going to use the word trait, you know, they came from a content analysis of all the personality characteristics, and they came up with five that essentially represented all of them. So let's talk about these five. They, they spell ocean. So you can remember these five by thinking of ocean. So the first one, first one is an O for openness. Now, as I talk about these things, you ought to think, are these traits? Do you know people in your life, for example, who are always open, open to change, um, open to, to consider new things? Is, is that a trait? Or have you seen that change depending upon the situation? Now, openness does not really predict behavior very well, but the second one does. The C for ocean is conscientiousness. A conscientious person, and Shauna, you're certainly conscientious. Conscientious means I'm organized, I got it all together, you know, and, and it's it is predictive of success. People who score higher on conscientiousness are typically more successful in whatever they're doing. Again, is it a trait? 
I kind of think that that I have two I have two daughters and one is clearly more organized and more conscientious than the other and they've been that way all their lives. And so I mean as I observe and you know as a as a dad I I observe kids behavior and yeah I think conscientious conscientiousness is pretty much a trait. However, I also believe that you can help people become more conscientious, right? You can help them become more organized. If they have a topic that they're really interested in, we talked about self-motivation. If they like this topic and they get intrinsic consequences from it, that can perhaps make them more conscientious about that topic. So while people tend to call it a trait, and I just made the comment that I watch my daughters, but I really hope that there's a state aspect that indeed we can influence conscientiousness because that's an important one. So OC, the next one, here's one. E stands for extrovert. Extrovert, introvert. And I ask you and you ask yourself, have you always been one or the other? I know that I've always been on the introvert side, not extreme. When I was a kid, I thought I was just shy. I wasn't the first one to start a conversation. I wasn't the first one. Once the conversation got going, I felt comfortable, but I wasn't the person to get out there and interact. I did not get energy by talking to people. People did not give me energy. However, when I tell my students that I'm more of an introvert, they don't believe me because they see me performing on a stage in front of 600 students, you know, screaming and shouting. And they said, how can that be an introvert? Well, that's a state situation. That's a situation. That's a performance. I'm performing. It's not the same thing as being an introvert or an extrovert means that you truly seek out or don't seek out interactions with people. Now, if you're an extrovert, the kinds of professions you ought to consider are those professions where you do interact with people. So that's that's O-C-E. Um, now the A of ocean is agreeableness. Are you agreeable? Are you socially connected? Again, this I really do believe is more of a state than a trait. But again, you talk to people about the big five. They say these are traits, you know. And the last one for N, neuroticism. Now, they use neuroticism because it's easy to go with ocean to spell it, but neuroticism simply means you're not abnormal. You're just high strung. It's simply, it connects, I think, to type A. You just got things to do. If you watch the person sitting down and their, 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 their knee is going, their leg is going, like mine is right now, just going up. That's, that's kind of high strung, got things to do, connects to type A. So if you're type A and also a bit neurotic, um, we, we, you need, you need to understand that and realize that, that, that you're going to, that's going to influence your behavior in a big way. Yeah. And I can, I can fully agree with, you know what I mean? Just, you know, from my personal experience with this and with other people, um, it's something that I always like to do is compare me and my siblings. To yeah. me, it's the easiest comparison to make because we have, an entire spectrum with the three of us. There's me who came into this world by forcing myself out 
and who really hasn't stopped since. And then there's my sister who somewhere in the middle, like, yeah. eh, some, like just, she's kind of in the middle of both sides. Mm -hmm. And then there's my little brother who's the baby who was weeks late, <laughs> had to be, he had to be forced out and he's just so nonchalant about everything still to this day. <laughs> So, so that's something that I've always, I always like compare because we're so he, like, one thing I like to say too, is that my little brother is actually much more naturally smart than me. Hmm. He doesn't have to try things just come very easily to him, yeah. but I have a higher work ethic and motivation. So it actually seems like it's, it's interesting how those they can weigh out how, you know, different States or different traits, like how they can weigh out and play a completely different role. Exactly. Right. And again, when you talk about your siblings, your brother and your sister, um, and you see they're very different, that would suggest that maybe they're not inborn. I mean, at least it's not, not hereditary, but at the same time, you look at, you see that it's very consistent. Your brother's always been this way and you've always been conscientious, you know? So in a sense, it is a disposition that stays with you. And so that's why they would call it a trait, you know, even though you're in your same family, you've got three different personalities, you know, but it, it's consistent. And the question is, do you change? Does that disposition change as a function of the situation you're in. And my guess is, Sean, and not for you, you're conscientious, wherever you, whatever you're trying to do, you want to be the best you can be. Now, some of that is because you were the firstborn. The firstborn is more into approval from others. And the later born, like your brother, he seems that he's more independent, less dependent on, on approval. So there's a lot of factors here, but let's face it, we're talking about behavioral science and to what extent does attention, does supportive feedback influence behavior? And as we're saying right here, that could depend on your personality. Well, and one thing too that I know that I've been asked before and comes up in classes that people take about behavioral science is they like to say, well, me and my siblings are raised in the same environment. We, you know, why are we so different then? like, well, that wasn't the same environment. There you go. By the time, like you said, I was a firstborn and how parents act with their firstborns is usually a lot different than they act with their third. <laughs> it's almost completely different. And yeah. so the learning histories of, you know, the parents have changed and it, the environment is not actually the same just because you may have, you know, the same parents, whether they're adoptive parents or, you know, it, or, you know, the, your birth parents, it, it doesn't really matter if you have the same parents, that doesn't necessarily mean that you have that same, the exact same environment with all of the exact same learning contingencies that played out through your entire life. Exactly. Either. You were nurtured differently than your sister and your brother. And that's the environment too. And the, the fact that you were the firstborn and you got all that love and attention as the firstborn, and then your sister comes along and all of a sudden there's less time for you. 
And that that's the situation has changed. So you're absolutely right. They, it's tough to, to think of the same same people. In, it's tough to think that their situation is the same. It, it varies every day. So the bottom line here is that, yeah, we focus on behavior, but we do understand that dispositions might influence that behavior and might influence the impact of a consequence, the impact of an intervention to change that behavior. So I do think as behavior scientists, we have to realize, yeah, there are big five personalities. And I think one to end on this, conscientiousness is the one personality characteristic that's predictive of success. That's the one. But then introvert extrovert predicts the kind of profession you might want to go into. Okay. So those are the two of the of the five that have the most research evidence that in that they influence behavior. 